Welcome back to Chunky Glass of the Podcast. Uh, apologize, I've still got a cold. It seems to be wanting to kick my ass, so we'll make this brief-ish. Uh, three points of order. We have spoken before and thrown out there that if you are a fan of music and would like to talk about music on a mic with us in a basement drinking beer, uh, then you should do so. Uh, just reach out to us. So Patrick did, uh, sent me an email and said, hey, I really love music, I really love the podcast, thank you, Patrick, uh, for that, and uh, so he said, hey, come on out. Showed up, brought some actually really good beer, uh, had a lot to add to the conversation, uh, which was the second point of order. Uh, we talked about CMJ a little bit with Quinn on this, that just happened, um, and the band 100 Visions has a new album out called Spite. So we've talked about 100 Visions for quite a while now. Uh, they are one of my favorite bands, I think. And I think after you listen to this, you realize it made at least three more fans. Uh, back in 2012, they put out Permanent Basement. Uh, it was a hit uh, in the objective sense of the word. Uh, subjectively, though, I don't know how well it got around. How many people in the world heard it? But So if you haven't heard it, seek it out. It's fucking excellent. Much like their new album, uh, Spike. So that is the second point of order, which we're going to talk in detail about that. The third is because we are uh, going to be doing, as I say at the end of this, a Floyd podcast, uh, the very next podcast. But some news dropped today that uh, is going to have to be another podcast entirely, I think. But I, I did want to just briefly touch on it. Uh, it's about streaming music. I know we all have some varied opinions on this, but uh, Taylor Swift's label today uh, pulled her entire catalog from Spotify. They did not pull it from other surfaces, so that's weird, but pulled it from Spotify. There's seen many reasons in there. One is speculating as to drive up the cost of the label's uh, worth because they're getting ready to sell. Uh, regardless, uh, it, it opened up a debate on the Internet. Um, from both sides, very uh, interesting comments. Uh, I just want to weigh in and tell you where uh, I stand. I think we stand sort of as a site here. The streaming music has been around for a long time. Uh, this this idea that streaming companies like Spotify or Audio are screwing the artist is more or less false uh, in my estimation. Uh, they do not pay the artist directly. And when they do, those artists get um, more money, basically. Uh, the problem is what the problem has always been is the labels. Uh, it's called having a shitty deal. Uh, it is something uh, musicians have raged against since the beginning of recorded music. Uh, and it is something that they should rage against. Um, it is Labels are becoming less and less necessary, but... Uh, yet people still use them for certain services, and nobody has figured out the best formula. But if, you, if you're if you a kid, and a label comes and says, Hey, I'm going to give you $5,000 to tour, $10,000 to tour, and I'm going to put out your record. Uh, you just sign all this away, and essentially what it means is, like, I'm going to make all the profits on all that, and you'll get, you know, 1%. Uh whether it's on streaming, whether it's on CDs, vinyl, whatever like format, whatever medium your art comes out in, you're getting screwed. Uh, so, uh, by my estimation, like I said, uh, artists should be trying to get their music on these uh, streaming services. I, for one, honestly, only listen to streaming services mostly anymore. I mean, there's some advanced stuff that we get. Uh, that's not possible. Uh, and, you know, those are exceptions. But uh, the convenience of that as a consumer, um, and not only that, the, the ability to discover more bands, uh, it's unlike anything that's ever happened in, in human history from a technological standpoint. Um, so there's really no way that can be as bad as everybody seems to say. So we want artists to get paid. Uh, everybody wants artists to get paid uh, fairly. Um, but I, I would say the quibble is not with these uh, streaming services. Um, and we'll find out. I mean, they'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and hopefully we will land on a, uh, I don't know, a better solution for everybody. Um a solution that we'll hopefully get to talk about in a later podcast. But for now, 
Um, it just seems sort of a ridiculous move on her label's part and uh, shouldn't, I think, be seen as some grand statement fighting the man because the man is not the streaming services. It is and has always been labels, and specifically labels who cut bad deals. So that's where I stand on it, at least. Uh, gone on long enough, so let's just hit it. Uh, episode number 88 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. CMJ wrap-up and 100 Vision Spike. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man leaves. And nearly a two-word review of shit sandwich. That right there, he is a wonderful power. Welcome back to the basement, Adam. How are you, man? Uh, Quinn, welcome back. Thank you. And Patrick, you took us up on the... Like we have said... Yeah, I mean, it's your, fault, it's your fault for offering. Fuck yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> thank gonna you for listening. I'm going to screw this thing up royally. We now know one of our 11 listeners. So yeah, this is, exactly. this is <laughs> fucking tight. Only time um, to go. I forget which podcast we said that on, but were you just... Did you just hear that and we're just like, yeah, I think that might be fun. Yeah, and I don't know. I, don't, I won't go too far into detail. I emailed you previously. I mean... This is my main hobby. Yeah. Uh, and all I really think or talk about outside of work. Uh, so I've joked with friends about, I think I joked to you in my email, we yeah. were going to make fun of Brooklyn Vegan and we were at one point going to start a website <laughs> called DC Gluten Free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was talked out of that once I sobered up. So Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what really got you in is uh, that you uh, what, took English with the guy from the National. <laughs> and I fucking hate the National. Yeah, so well, I, I like the National I, probably I, more I, than you do, but uh, I, I did go to college with Bryce Dessner, so don't hold it against me. Yeah. So that, that was the end. So, well, thank you for coming down. Hopefully this isn't too scary. No. It's not as awkward when a lady uh, from random internet land comes down to the basement, <laughs> which... To be fair, Aubrey's back in town. She'll be coming back on soon, but she actually started the podcast with us, and she did just that. Like, Andre and I were just like, hey, email, you want to come down? And she just showed up at Andre's house, which is a lot scarier basement than this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, shut up, and it worked out well. For the uh, record, it's a nice basement. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's got the posters. It's got the music. It's got the cats sometimes. Um. So uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about something that I've been sitting on for six, seven months, uh, 100 Visions' second album, Spite. Uh, I In 2012, this was one of our top albums of the year. I think for me, the only thing that beat it was Frank Ocean. Uh, that's just because how I roll. Uh, if you haven't heard Permanent Basement, it's a fucking phenomenal album. Uh, this may be a fucking phenomenal album. We'll, we'll see when we get to that. Uh, but before that, Quinn, you took a road trip. And it was took, better than I my took a road train trip. trip. Yeah, I, took, was, I went to Nashville, which is awesome. But you went to CMJ. I went to New York City, and I missed about four days of class and work. <laughs> um, and I went up on Tuesday, the twenty first, and stayed until the Sunday, the twenty sixth. Oh. And for those who don't know, CMJ uh, stand used to stand for College Media Journal. Now it just stands for nothing. Is CMJ and. Um, they kind of work in two ways. Their first part is they have this website where they report on, on music and they do like live reviews and album reviews. And the uh, uh, other part of the website is uh, industry professionals, mm -hmm. which is a loose term because mm -hmm. technically I am an industry professional. <laughs> um, you are. You, as a you, you are the music director of a college radio Yes, show. yes. But I know um, what he means. I've met yeah. some sorry-ass music professionals, you know? Exactly. Like Luce, guys. Luce would be saying that I'm an industry professional. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So every week I go in and um, I'm supposed to log the top 30 album, so albums that were played on a radio station. But as a freeform radio station, mm -hmm. uh, most everyone kind of plays different stuff. And if I were to log the top if I were to log the top 30 albums, it would not be necessarily indicative of 
our taste as a music station, right. at least my taste, um, which is – so I, I end up logging albums that I think are indicative of our taste mm-hmm. and things that I think people will – these, all these promotion companies and record labels see what I log, and therefore they send – us music based on what I what I do log. So when you say logging, is this just essentially making a list? It's a it's a glorified Google like thing where you put in it's like artist, album, and then record company. Yeah. I put in so Ty Siegel was being added. They call it adding. So they call Ty Siegel was being added for like six weeks straight as at number one or something because mm-hmm. he was big in college radio. Uh, King Tough was up there. Um, they're going Foxygen. There's like this big, all these promotions companies are going for Foxygen this week. It's like, it's kind of, it's kind of bullshit. Um, anyway, so this is what CMJ does. And then it's, this is how they maintain their relevancy. And they also put on this uh, conference in New York City every October. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to lie, like align with most schools fall break. GW does not have a fall break. Uh, so I just skipped school and went. Um, and the way it works is during the day. Did, did you learn about life? I did. I, I was I, I at three in the morning on the subway, uh, homeless man. Anyway, uh, lessons. There, there are some lessons. Much more valuable that. than. Uh, did he touch you, know. you Quinn? Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this after the podcast. <laughs> but I'm here um, if you need me, man. <laughs> um, but so there are these. There's half of these. There, there's panels. These industry panels, and there's also these just concerts and shows. And there the there's uh, you got a badge. I got mine for free because each with your subscription to CMJ. Um, the company you get one free badge each mm-hmm. year so i got to go for free and uh it gets you into all the panels and the official showcases so all these venues put on official showcases then there are all these other venues and companies uh that put on unofficial showcases and the badge gets you gets you in anything official mm-hmm. free and then there are the unofficial things like my probably my favorite uh showcase was the exploding and sound showcase mm-hmm. uh on saturday which was all day long uh, which is unofficial. So, I mean, I paid the eight bucks and saw 12 bands, which is which is more than worth it. So, in that sense, it's sort of like South by Southwest. Yeah. So, you have a lot of like like upper level blogs, upper level uh, larger indie labels, or maybe not even larger. Yeah. There was, yeah. I know Car Park did, uh, yeah. Car Park did the showcase. Um, I went to the Captured Tracks showcase. Mm-hmm. Kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, anyway, so I, I was with a bunch of kids from my radio station yeah. and like, some of them were there to go to the panels. I probably should have gone to the panels, but I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get the show. So I, taught, I saw like 30 bands, and I ran around, um, and I think the best – the two best showcases I saw were the Burger Records Showcase, mm-hmm. uh, which was on Thursday night at Death by Audio, which is a warehouse that's closing. and was like kind of controversial, I guess. And uh, Yeah, Vice is taking it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, – the Exploding and Soundtrack, which mentioned. But the most interesting thing I went to was at Shea, the Shea Stadium, which is this DIY space that named itself after the former Mets mm-hmm. um, stadium. And it was a cool space. It was Should I open a club called the Pentagon? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty grungy, but I saw this band. <laughs> I saw this Spoilers band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw this band Pause. Um, you yeah. might have heard of them. And uh, a P-A-W-S. few. AWS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A few of my friends had seen them earlier in the week, and they had been like this poppy, kind of fun rock band. Mm-hmm. And so I went, and there are all these other bands playing, uh, including this band Solids. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard Japan Droids, yeah. but they are they are a <laughs> better they are a better Japan Droids. Um, well, everything is a better Japan <laughs> Droids. <laughs> Cosine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so they played, and then Pause played, and it was the last show. They're they're like they're like sixty day U.S. tour. They're from Scotland, and they mm-hmm. played this like crazy long U.S. tour, and. They um, basically, ha- we wa- I watched them have a mental breakdown on stage, and they, <laughs> nice. which included in them throwing their instruments just off the stage, uh, be- cussing out their record label for giving them the money, and then moving all of their now damaged instruments into Wait, the crowd. Cussing out the record label for giving them money? Not no, for not giving them. Any money. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, then they moved all their instruments down into where the crowd was standing, and started playing. And it was the sh- like the shittiest yet like kind of greatest show I've ever seen. And I watched this lead singer like loses shit and like almost start crying and about how they had no money and just had this terrible tour and then he kept going on he's like yeah like last week we were in fucking baton rouge and like we were like why the fuck are we playing here and they like went on all this shit wow it was like everyone was like like kind of like taking the back and a little scared by it so that was like the dark side of cmj uh the good side of cmj was the explaining sound showcase i went to where Mm -hmm. uh one of my favorite labels kind of looks very small more punky kind of label and um 
they had it started at 2 p.m. and went to 2 a.m. at the Silent Barn, which is kind of this art space, um, very much a Brooklyn. If you when you think of Brooklyn, mm. this is probably the space you think of. Um, and uh, it was great. And uh, one of the best bands I saw there was uh, Grass is Green. Uh, they were really good. Or Avlov. They're they're these kind of like very small bands, but yeah, you've um, written about Avlov. Yeah, Avlov. Yeah, and uh, they were they. Um, that was probably, Avlov, wait Avlov broke up. No, no, they, they fake broke up. Huh? Yeah, they did like a fake breakup okay. for I don't know what the hell happened with that. But they played and they uh it was one of the better probably one of the best shows I saw all um all of the week. It was just the whole week was exhausting. It was yeah. it was became stressful to a point where I was enjoying seeing the music, but it was so much at once and I was constantly going from one thing to another and sleeping on the floor of my friend's apartment. Like it was just where it became like almost not fun at points. Which is, got, I guess, how these kind of things go. I guess oh, yeah. I, I would say South by Southwest is probably get to like day four of having to be at South by Southwest, and you're just like, I, I will fucking kill myself. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. it's interesting too because what <laughs> South, I mean, South by Southwest is a conference. This initially was a conference, um, and it because uh, it's been around since I was in college. CJ. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I met, you used to be able to get a magazine with a CD and it. They still do that, and I had all the hot tracks, which I guess like they do like it you still, love. but they it's a, it's a download. It's a download. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting uh, that you skipped the panels because I think that's what these are becoming. Like South by Southwest is not a festival; it's a conference. CMJ is not a festival; it's a conference. And yet, more and more people, and, and I'm not bagging on you for skipping those things, like. Um, more and more people see them as that, and it gets more and more money into it. Because I mean, we were talking upstairs about like Tori might have written something about the evils of CMJ, and I think that plays into that from what you're telling me a little bit. A little bit, yeah. It's um, I for me, I didn't need to go to a a conference on how to build my resume to work in the music industry, or you know, no, you never like, shit like that. that. Um, yeah, but also another thing, like one thing I remember about South by Southwest when I was down there, I actually we had one of those all access. Mm-hmm. Things so we could go wherever we want, yeah, wanted so platinum to. Badge. I, literally, I went to like I just stuck my head in and hung out for like ten minutes for about five or six of these conferences, and every single one of them was like, "Here's why you're not going to make it in the music industry." Like seriously, like here's why, here's why, here's why there's no future for you. Okay, I you think know? you know me well enough to know to think that like every musician needs to go in and see. That. Well, that's true, but like, but you know it's just like it's just like if that's the deal, then why why the fuck you know why would you go all the way down there and is is it because have you ever been to South by Southwest? Is I'm it not. similar in that people are always handing out flyers and. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of uh, material. We got a three o'clock in the morning set at that McDonald's. Come see us. You know, they're, they're, that kind of well, thing. Well, interesting because there were several Starbucks that hosted shows. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, including DC's own The Walking Sticks play at the Starbucks. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's, it's gets, it gets depressing. It gets really depressing. Two math questions. Know? Like uh, over under on both. Uh, how many bands reportedly played that? And then wait, this two part question. Uh, how many beers do you guess you drank over the entire stretch? <laughs> okay, so uh, New York, unlike DC, in most places in DC, sell this these wonderful forties. Mm. Uh, so I would say it's hard to estimate how many beers I drank, but I I would say probably a thousand bands played, almost um, over the course in New York. That's like Austin spread out. Austin was two thousand. Go, you go ahead, mm. Patrick. It, just because I'm stupid, can you give me a sense of the location is it all of new york is it just in brooklyn like so it is what are we talking about it is it's very spread out which a thousand bands is a lot of bands it's a lot of bands um it's very spread out it's mostly concentrated in the lower east side of manhattan and brooklyn um i think there were probably when i say a thousand i mean the the official and unofficial um i would say the official number is probably lower than a thousand but uh there are probably like almost 80 to 90 active venues mm-hmm. Um, which is like a, a scope only possible in New York, mm-hmm. maybe Austin during South by Southwest, but only possible in New York. Um, and I saw like probably 25 to 30 bands over, which I think is a decent amount. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't wake up at every day and immediately go to the show. I like, uh, you know, and enjoyed my time in the city as well. You needed but, some time to remember your humanity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I did go, I mean, I saw, right. I saw at least five bands every day, which is, like a lot that's a, yeah, yeah i mean and i mean and that's sort of what i like you get into like these things that are on that scale and like i think people forget 
that you can't process that. No. I mean, you know, there. I mean, in in DC alone, there are people that go to like a show every night. You can't process anything you like doing right. that because you can't like everything. I mean, I I consider my like palette like sort of wide and you know, in scope, but I like I couldn't do it. It just feels like the situation like that is Las Vegas. It's like Las Vegas. Two days is is the max you yeah. can do, and then you got to go. You know, yeah. But there's also the like hot food buffet aspect to those festivals, yeah, yeah. and that you're there's forty dishes out. You want to try all of them, mm-hmm. but you not one of them is like properly under a proper heat lamp. Like yeah, there's yeah. always you know analog uh, in the anal, uh, analogy. There's something always wrong with the sound or something. Right. Like not one of them is the way. It, if you just went to a two-hour show by that band at the 930 Club or something right. where yeah. you could actually fully absorb it. That goes to your point. Man. And part of it yeah. for me, I was there with uh, some people from D.C. and also I met mm-hmm. up with a bunch of people I know who live up there. And they were like, you got to come to this show. Not to see the band, but to meet this person or to, you know, like, or see this person. Like, like, or like, like label PR people? Or, or like, or yeah, just, or like just some, some guy and some band they're friends with who is like, he, you know. It's like real-life Tinder. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Um <laughs> A music guy. Tinder. Music Tinder. Yeah. That would be an interesting concept. Oh, yeah. shit. Maybe we'll... Yeah, we are dropping, like, all the ideas for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> we even need to copyright this shit. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, so, yeah. Right. So. <laughs> the TLDR is exhausting, fun. I'm probably going to go back next year um, just for the fact because I get to go for free. And, yeah. Like, it's New York City, so you can, you're going to find something to do. Question. Yeah. Unless, I don't want to no, 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 trip it. over yeah. everyone else because <clears throat> I'm new, but... Have you been to other music festivals that are sort of household names and how does it compare? And if you have not, what is your sense of how it compares from other people? So I've been to Lollapalooza a few times, um, which is your traditional music festival, really. You know, like it's one of the, probably in the top three biggest music festivals in the country, but it's, you know, spread out over a huge, massive land. You go from one stage to another. This is different in the fact that it's so spread out and you basically go from club to club and um, venue to venue. And I think, I think the analogy to South by Southwest is more legitimate than to like a traditional music festival. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just, and because it's in New York city, uh, I don't, it's just, there's so much other stuff going on that, I didn't. I, it's not really your traditional kind of bottom. I mean, look, a lot, a lot of bands. I mean, in back in the day, uh, CMJ was meant. It's where you discover stuff. Mm-hmm. This was before the internet. I mean, so back in the day, it served a purpose. If you can go and see, you know, fifty bands that you might not be from a town that you see that, and like college radio, they have to send a CD. They don't just send you a download link. There's not all these blogs and stuff. I mean, um, it, it. it you know, it made sense, you know, and you saw like Arcade Fire famously like open for Q, not you, you know, and so, uh, you know, you had those type of things and you never know what's going to pop up. But like nowadays, it, it seems like you have all those bands and it is, I mean, it's called a music marathon now. It is a marathon. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, I, I'm interested. I'm actually now more interested in reading Tori's piece because I, I want to see like what, like, the whole point of that is if it's not to make money and the band, the bands aren't making no money and the bands aren't. And then, no. that's what I'm saying. I mean, like I, it, their bands do, especially if you get a certain slot at like Webster hall or some big venue, you do get a share of your publicity. I mean, like it's good. Like it's potentially good for publicity. Well, and that's the whole exposure thing too. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, yeah. if you're playing, you're getting no. paid an internet fun well, box. No. Everybody. If you're, if Jesus. I mean, there are bands like, well, Hey, listen, let me ask you something, man. Did that band from Scotland really dig getting all the paid for publicity? <laughs> yeah. They were shitting themselves on stage and throwing their gear out. Into yeah. The crowd. No, I'm not saying it's worth it. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. if, if you're a band from Scotland and your, your manager or your agents like, Hey, there's this what thing, the fuck you're going to play, you're going to play Rouge? six straight, you're going to play six straight shows yeah. in New York. You're going to play one to two shows every day. Um, and you're just all these, you know, you're yeah, going to say yes. You're going to be like, hell yeah, I want to go because that's, you think like I'm in New York, New York city, a B all this other shit's happening. And like, there's a chance like, Someone, some kid from wherever is going to mm-hmm. hear us, or some blogger is going to pick us up, or we're going to meet these people and start this relationship with this venue, or who knows. So, like, if if you're in the band, mm-hmm. if I'm in the, if I was in the band that was like legit, unlike my like me and my friends just banging instruments together. Like, if I was like in the band trying to make it in the music industry, I would 
I would still play CMJ. Wait, so are you going to play CMJ next year? Because you, you're starting a band. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do South by as a as a warm up. Fuck CMJ. yeah! <laughs> All right, uh, I will drive the van and uh, we'll pull up the torches, tacos, and cool. it'll, be, uh, it'll be awesome. Be- <laughs> uh, so to wrap up, uh, out of all the bands you saw, can you pull ten out that people should look at? Or I'll five. pull five. Five. Um, okay, so I would pull out. Celestial Shore from Brooklyn. They've right. kind of got like this arty punk vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Meat Bodies from uh, California. Been, like been getting, a lot, getting, they getting a lot of in, heat. They in D.C. last night. Uh, yes, they Comet. did. Um, an inside source said it was a shit show um, because <laughs> the Burger Records was happening thing. It was happening at Black it Hat. It was. And that entire crew sh- then came to Comet and no one paid. Um. Oh. Uh, yeah. So Thanks. it was. So that became a shit show. Yeah, that makes me laugh. On oh yeah. Drag. Those guys must have had to like pass a hat around or something. You know? Um. I don't know what the fuck happened. But uh. um. So what we say? So let's go show our meat bodies. Um. Girl pool. It was uh kind of a. It's just a guitarist and the bass and two singers. Uh, it's kind of like a riot girl kind of thing, but it's like a little bit a little like. The songwriting is pretty good. Um, we'll see what happens with that. So that's three. Um, I'm trying to think going day by day. Who did I see on Friday? Um, Solids from Montreal. Uh-huh. They are Japan droids, but better. And then I would say uh, Avla was up there. And um, who is... I saw this great band, but they're they're breaking up. Geronimo from Chicago. Oh. Um, People was, can it, still listen to them. Yeah, Geronimo from Chicago. Right. Um, they've done some stuff like Exploding in Sound, but they've been around for like seven or eight years. Yeah, they've got some good records. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are they're cool. They're like a little they bore on the hardcore, but they also are pretty melodic too. So so no no beard rock, which I mean that actually makes me happy, but not really. No. What do you um, mean when we say beard rock? Like there were no sensitive flea, flea foxes. Sen- yeah, sort of sensitive guys. Like, guys, that's like, I, it's I, a special I, evening with right. this band you've never I, heard of. I think <laughs> I think that's done. I think that the whole beard rock thing Thank is God. done. Maybe, maybe not. I, well, I have a beard. I'm the only yeah. one of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. beard, so, but uh, you know, I'm just like I'm not. In, it all sounds like like fucking seals and crofts yeah. and bread and stuff. And it's like, come on, guys. Like let's 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 remember how to kick a little ass every yeah. now and again. I think it's done too. But can I ask a question? Yeah. Uh, my and I'm not as steeped as all of you. I, I can sort. Of, I can mostly keep up when I listen. But I'm not as steeped as all of you. But my what I think the current sort of trend is and maybe it's already gone is just everything is so synth to the nth degree is that everywhere there uh, just, there's so much synth it, like i, I think it, 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 it was but i mean i tailored my the shows i want to do to my taste because you're, you're a guitar guy and so. that's not my taste my taste <laughs> yeah. is more in like the louder guitar basically. yeah the, the synth thing is like daria and i have been having like uh talking about stuff like as it gets near the end of the year and it's just like people like I don't want to know that much about your feelings, dude. Like, yeah. just shut the fuck up and like rock, right? Um, and it, it, it hit the end, it hit the edge, the wall of that. Uh, but with the synth thing, I think, I, yeah, I think that's been building for the past two years. I think it's uh, coming to a head, or it came to a head, and now it's on the the waves riding out. That having been said, uh, like what we were saying upstairs, you know, Quinn is that like Louis Weeks is a heavy synth album. It's one of my favorite of the year. So. I you know, uh, I mean, I'm like, a child of the '80s. I, 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 there's a DX100 in the back here. I mean, it's just like it's fucking like I, I dig synths. I'm not against it. Yeah, I yeah. Just, just some things were so drowned like in synth in the last two Churches. years. Churches, but I just can't. Jams. I just I, yeah, it doesn't. There's no song. It's just like okay, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah it's, so it's, I hope it, that's over or yeah. ending. All right, cool. So that, that's CMJ. Uh, Check it out if you. Want to die real mm-hmm. quick? Uh, <laughs> if you want to die, well, speaking of dying, uh, Odeth, uh, in real quick, we're going to say something about this had their uh, van and gear stolen in Los Angeles. I think that's a first having like all of it stolen, including the van, like just not breaking into the van, uh, or the or the back end of the uh, the, the truck, but taking the whole thing. Um, this is a thing that happens a lot. I think Ben has been down here. This happened to Ben. He has actually put up some stuff. Uh, ben Tufts, by the yeah. way. And, uh, well, ben, stu- ben got his Ben got his. He had this gorgeous gold sparkle Ludwig, and it, I think it got stolen out of his garage. Yeah, that was the drag. But um, it was. I think I think 
it's worth pointing out, and uh, we will put links in the show notes to this. Uh, you can get insurance. That's true. And it is super affordable. Uh, as much as this sucks, I mean, they mounted a uh, uh, essentially a Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaign to like get people, and, and that's fine. You know, if you want to give to your band that way, like that's and you love them, awesome. But uh, you know, just remember, musicians, if you're listening, like get insurance on this shit. I mean, it's going to happen. It happened to Roadkill. Yeah. Although they only stole Garza's underwear, which is really fucked still, up, dude. I, I, I still, I gotta, tell, I gotta do the rusted. I gotta. You want to tell the rusted yeah, story real quick? All right. Now this, this is the only time I've ever heard about gear getting stolen that made me laugh. Um, so you, you guys all like Rusted Root. You yes. remember the band Rusted Root, right? They had that song. Uh, dun, 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 dun. I think that's like an on Enterprise rent a car commercial mm-hmm. now, right? But um, they had like a buddy of mine was was uh, bartending at this venue and. Uh, apparently what he was telling me was that everyone really liked Rusted Root personally because they're all really nice guys. They're all really friendly, but they hated working Rusted Root shows because Rusted Root would show up. Um, and, you know, they had 30 guys in the band and all 30 of those guys had seven solo albums, CDs for sale. So it took twice as long to do the merch count. And it took twice as long to do the sound check because they had like rainmakers and didgeridoos and like fucking backup didgeridoos in case the, the original didgeridoo didn't work. Right. Soprano. Didgeridoo. Like, so you'd, you'd listen and it would sound, you'd listen for like, you know, you'd have to sit there for like 20 minutes for the sound check and it would sound like just like a squirrel, like raping a woodpecker, you know? And, um, so finally the show was over. They left and then there was this panic, like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And everybody goes running out to see. And apparently Rusted Root got all their gear stolen, except so the drums are missing, guitar is missing, uh, bass is missing, keyboard is missing. But, like, the didgeridoo and the wind chimes <laughs> and, and the, the dream catcher and the backup didgeridoo and all that shit, all that stuff is just lying in the street. <laughs> are, 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 we, are we proposing a, a whole different type of insurance? Yeah, exactly. Like just, just well, my like, point is I don't think if you have a bunch of didgeridoos, make you don't a, really have to insure those because your average well, crackhead make a band, has no idea. Make a band out of like, you know, instruments nobody wants to play. Exactly. Or that, or that could be, hey, that's Rusted Root. You know, <laughs> maybe that was their deal. All right, you know? I'll, I'll, I'll kidding aside. Uh, I feel, I feel for those guys. I feel for those bad. guys' theft, and uh, hopefully uh, they're coming to DC soon. So, uh, hopefully they're coming to DC soon. Um, we always used DC to. Soon. We always used to, like our. We always had our hotels. Like we always price lined a hotel like at a courtyard by Marriott at the airport. Yep. It was like so. We never. We never like partied in the city. We always went back to the the hotel by the airport, and because we knew our gear would be safe in the parking lot there you yep. know what i mean like so what some bit some like a businessman is gonna gonna rip off the the keyboards or something like that you no, know he'll take the didgeridoos exactly um, all right uh, let's talk about some uh rock and roll now how about that the lead track off of uh, 100 Vision's second album. Uh, they put out a bunch of EPs, I think, uh, maybe some singles here and there. Uh, it's called Spite. I am 
happy right now because I've been sitting on this fucking thing <laughs> for six, seven months. Right. Uh, I will make no bones about the fact that this, this is one of my favorite bands. Uh, this came in about the second or third year doing the site, and, and we found this album, Permanent Basement, and we were just like, who the fuck are these guys? And when they were down in this basement, I was able to ask them, like, who the fuck do you think you guys are? Right. Um, it is, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess garage rock. You can apply lo-fi to it. Uh, you can uh, a few labels. Uh, I call it good. Uh, let's start with. <laughs> let's start with. Uh, actually, you know, let's start with Patrick. Yeah, Patrick, because you, oh. you said right. uh, you emailed me. You said, yeah, this isn't exactly my wheelhouse. Um, all right. Well, let me back up a little bit. I'm, we were just discussing age. I'm a little old, so sometimes when stuff not is, as old as me. Yes. So. Sometimes when when stuff is is pretty hard, and I mean that as a general term, like mm-hmm. just fast and loud. I my immediate reaction is, okay, start 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 slower, and then get me there. Yeah. Um, but uh, and so I wouldn't say that, like I, you said, garage. I'd almost is this like post punk? Are we talking? Um, a little bit. I don't I think, know. I think it's just more straight up garage. More straight yeah, rock, yeah. yeah. There's a few songs on here toward, in the second half of the album that are just they're just hard for mm-hmm. me. And, but I will say, with that said, I love five tracks on this album, like, right. unabashedly. So you're saying you like a, a softer touch? Well, not necessarily a softer touch. I think the songs that I like are they have a little bit more. Um, variety mm-hmm. uh so they may end up sort of hard in the middle or hard at the end but mm-hmm. they start somewhere else or like the song you just had uh, playing ritual like that yeah. starts out pretty fast but it it's not all the instruments at once right. out of the gate and so it it has somewhere to go so when you get to the chorus it feels like there's a, a release to it and i'm you know boxing myself to traditional songwriting technique sure. obviously but but yeah there are five songs on here that are just flat out awesome and will be in my mix of yeah. you know sort of top whatever songs for the year for sure Quinn I thought this was a was a good record I uh, could hear the they wear their influences on their sleeves absolutely all the ways. Mm-hmm. Well, but what, oh, what are their influences to you um, they kind of that, that definitely that garage scene the almost uh-huh. Ty Siegel kind of that scene but mm-hmm. also uh, like the fifth song Blood on the Moon could be a Kurt Vile song or a war on drug song. Yes. Easily. I wrote yeah. the words Kurt Vile down. Easily. Yeah. I was yeah. like, holy shit, is Kurt Vile guesting on this like fucking album? Exactly. Um so I was intrigued by that. I was like, uh which showed which kind of gave me a, a which it captivated me a little more than just like this in the straight up mm-hmm. like garage album. And then but then they do get really like as at later in the album, uh, especially on Dig Your Own Tomb, I thought was like a like a heavy track. Yeah. That bass is heavy. And I, I like that. I kinda like that. Um, though Blood in the Moon and Dig Your Own Team were the ones that really stuck out to me as um, kind of like more solid song choices. Let's let's hear uh, actually Blood on the Moon and then we'll uh, add them. Mm-hmm. So let's hear uh, this Blood on the Moon. Off of the moon. That little hook right there is just fucking. Uh, as far as you, you were mentioning, Art Brute, <clears throat> Patrick. Yeah, uh, I think there's definitely an Art Brute track on here, which is "I'm Inoculated," which even the way he sing talks uh-huh. and the style of it, which is almost a throwback to like late '70s New York stuff. Yeah, uh, it's very. It's this track I was thinking of, and I looked it up this morning, and it. I did listen to it, and it sounds pretty similar. Is Modern Art, which has the chorus "Modern Art makes me want to rock out," which I mm-hmm. think is a pretty great chorus. But it's the same style of songs, sing talk, sing talk, 
and then sort of a shouted chorus. The melody is similar. It's definitely. I mean, I don't know if that if they listened to Art Brute, but it sounds like Art Brute. I, I I mean, I'm sure they did. I mean, I I think. Uh, and one thing that song, uh, when I heard that the first time, I was like, "Holy shit, Pixies!" Oh yeah, tattoo. Which I would argue that's a better Pixies song than the Pixies have done in 20 years, but. That's a different conversation. It is a different conversation. <laughs> Adam, I uh, I love this album. Yeah, I loved it a lot. I, I listened fist bump, oh, high dude, five, whatever. Oh, so good. And um, in terms of influences, what I what I ended up picking up, and this might be just because I'm on the geezer side of things, mm-hmm. um, but I found myself thinking about like the Meat Puppets or yeah. like or like the like the Butthole Surfers. If like Gibby got rid of all the stuff that he uses yep. to tweak his voice and everything like that, and also I think. I think it does a little bit of a disservice to put them in the garage category. I do too. Because garage, like, garage implies that it's just like, oh, whatever happens, you know, it's rough. And if there are mistakes, but this is actually a really meticulous album. Like, every single note is is put there on purpose. Yeah. There, it doesn't seem like there are any, any kind of like mistakes or just like, oh, we'll just leave that in there. No big deal. Every note, and that drummer is fucking awesome <laughs> that drummer is fucking awesome I, was, I had written down to ask because yeah. i know you're a drummer to he's ask great you thought, he's incredible he's not you know he's not doing like crazy i mean he's no spencer tweedy he's but. yeah <laughs> yeah he's not he's not doing like he's not hey doing now like, hey now i like spencer but he's not he's not doing any like crazy polyrhythms no. or or anything like that and that which is fine um you know to me he's he's as solid as like dave grohl was on like those yeah. nirvana records you know um and I, I really, really like this album a lot. I thought, um, you know, that first track is just great. You just, you just know right. exactly what you're going to get uh, for the rest of the record. And again, it's not fair to call it garage. I mean, it seems because they they put a lot of thought into yeah. this. They put a hell of a lot of thought well, into they, this, they and it's rock a, solid. They have an you aesthetic, know? and that aesthetic is very much uh, Texas. I don't want to go all the way with that's Austin. That, no, but that fits with that. But, that's but, like butthole I mean, surfers yeah, and meat puppets. But, and, that's and even total like Southwest floor elevators. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. And like I know, like they I, they balked at talking about their influences, and they were like, "That's boring." It is, uh, but you know at. If you look up any press for this band, I think one thing you'll find a lot of people saying is that like they have this, this, this going for them. But more importantly, they have good songs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had a, got to listen to Permanent Basement, like for, but every song on that album could have been like a hit. Right. Most of the songs on this album could be a hit. Like it, you can pick them just. Drop them in wherever, and it's just like, who's that band? It's just, you know. Um, I wonder because they're so efficient, like, you have two albums of like all these hits, like, it's very uh, sort of chameleon esque, like, activity. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it, it begs the question, of, like, who are 100 Visions really? Yeah. I don't think they know. I don't think they've even thought about it. No, I. I think that. I think that's it. I don't. <laughs> maybe I don't that's why their music is, is. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think they give like one tenth of one percent of one shit about like, uh, you know, like what are we trying to say here, fellas? You know, I don't. I don't think that that's a no. conversation that's even crossed their minds. Thank God. Yeah. You know, because there isn't there isn't a lot of wankiness happening here. Mm-hmm. You know, even uh, like the guitar solos, there. The, you, you know, whenever there's, and, and I don't even know if you can call them a traditional guitar solo as much as it is like nine times out of ten, it's just a really kind of cool, efficient riff yeah. that seems to be masquerading as a solo. You know, and um, it all just works really well. I was really, really impressed with these guys, and I'm amazed that nobody is. Um, you know, where do they play when they play here? Do they play here? So uh, you, you're going to say something, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll speak to that point. Well, no, you say where they play. I, I want to throw up like two or three things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so um, it's an interesting thing that has happened with them is that they, uh, like, they're almost done with the third album. Right. Because they keep. I mean, it's this is it's compulsive. Ago, they, yeah. Uh, I mean, so it's that means compulsive. this album was done a year ago. Right. Um. They when they came through here, they were touring with uh, Ockerville River. The first time they came through DC, they were touring with uh, White Denim, who has gone on to like they're, they're pretty big. I mm-hmm. mean, Ockerville R- River is like a huge indie band. These guys opened for Ockerville River. Yes, I say that as an Ockerville River fan. Yeah, I think that would have sort of ruined the Ockerville River. Yeah, show. yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but you know, Ockerville River is from Austin, or there are people based there. So you know, musicians sort of know. Uh, 
what's up with this band, but they like historically like they mm-hmm. do some West Coast tours, but the 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 touring load is so light. The press like uh, I'm sort of excited to see them getting into stuff like Consequence of Sound, Stereo Gum, um, but it's also light. Like it, it, they like you said, I don't think they get give a single thought to like how to do anything other than like just play and write record. these songs, yeah, and. and 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 yet I know they do, and they're like fuck, like what are you doing? You know? But you know when they opened for White Denim, it's like it was yeah, that was embarrassing. Like they just fucking and that was Wait, in, you mean it's embarrassing because they outplay White Denim? Absolutely. Okay, Abs- they're much I'm tighter. Not, tighter band than White Denim. They, yeah. Every song, they, even their worst song, is better than a, a good White Denim song. <laughs> and it's not a competition. And, and it'll, like musicians roll when I say shit, like their eyes roll when I say shit like that. But I mean it's true. Like even. So there was a track uh, that actually, I'll admit it, it was the track that hooked me. Um, Last Cab from Tunis off Permanent Basement. It's very Talking Heads, very LCD sound system, which you would not get from listening Shit. to this album. Yeah, no. It's fucking, I'll, I'll play it after the podcast. Uh, but it, it's fucking amazing. I went to see it, and then all of a sudden you had, when you got the album, that was just, that was song three, and everything else just sort of was like, what the, like, you guys can do all this? Okay. And you land on this, which is there's not there's no gimmick song, which that wasn't a gimmick song, but uh, it's it's as the title says, it's meaner. I mean, it's a fairly mean album if you listen to like what the lyrics are and everything, and uh, um, uh, but a little more aggressive, and it's got an eyeball on the cover with all sorts of shit. But Patrick. Well, I just want to follow up on a couple of things that Adam said, and I, I'm glad you think he's a good drummer because I was thinking this guy's incredible, and then I was thinking I'm not a drummer. Maybe I'm, maybe I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's a tendency to think that, um, you know, you need to have uh, a hundred little cymbals that go pish, and, and like a dub, double kick and a piccolo snare, and you need to be the guy from Primus. <laughs> You know, in order to be a good drummer, and that's not the case at all. Yeah. Um, this guy's basically just doing straight up rock drumming, mm-hmm. and um, and and it's great. I mean, it, and I can I can kind of tell. I don't think they dicked around with a lot of Pro Tools nonsense when they were making this. Man, you know, I, it really doesn't feel like they yeah, did. I don't feel like there's much um, money put into this. Yeah. So so um, you know, I think what, what we're listening to are just like kind of traditional. Like, here's a take that'll do. Um, you know, and, and there just, there aren't, aren't any bad notes and every, every single fill is, is really even and really perfect, you know, not to the point where it's like robotic and stuff like that. I mean, you can tell that there's a human being back there, but, uh, I was just, I was just knocked out by this guy. He's, he's, he's really good. Um, and I'm willing to bet that, that he can probably play all sorts of, of other types of music without breaking much of a sweat. Um, but he's able to just sort of keep it together and keep his restraint uh, together while he's playing this kind of music. And that's – I always – I love hearing that. Uh, he's like a craftsman in the best sense of the word. You know, He's like he's like a bricklayer back there. You know, and, and to follow up on that point, you, you note about the preciseness. Like I was – I'll make it short, but I had the – I had some downtime this summer. So I actually made myself read the Lester Bangs anthology, which I'd never read. So. Uh-huh. And he talks about what's great about the first two Stooges albums. And part of what he says is, look, they, they're not that good. Right. It's attitude. That's, and, and that's what Garage Rock is. That's why I kind of agree with you that I think Garage Rock, it, it, although there's definitely a lo-fi aesthetic, like, mm. I don't know if that's fair. Right. These guys are good musicians. Yeah. There is not a missed note or beat. And like that, that these songs are rehearsed to the nth degree yeah. before they turn on the recorder. Like it's a, it's not or, that in that sense magic. traditionally garage. Right. It, it could be just magic. No, but yeah. I think I, d- I doubt these guys are like, yeah, let's just throw it out there and see what happens. I would like they to see them live. That, that was shit. my. Theory. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. You've seen them live, right? I, right. Yeah, yeah. How, I because I, I listen to this record, I'm, I'm thinking this is gonna translate great live. Yeah. They're one of the best live bands okay. I've ever seen. So I mean, so there there are bands you hear, and there are studio bands, and that's where they that's where they shine, and that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more partial to live bands, and I was listening to this record, and I was like, I would love to see these guys play a packed venue that can hold 200 people like a small venue like yeah. i would they fucking kill it i oh, I, yeah. I mean like i, I would do probably people I, would get hurt people would get hurt beer would be thrown yeah but like it would be probably one of the better shows i would, would see 100 visions diarrhea planet tour that would be <laughs> insane that would yeah. be the best the best rock show you go to 
in a lot. Yeah, of uh, yeah. What would be the best? I mean, where would you want to see them here? Black Hat. Yeah, they can. They could headline a Black Hat show. Yeah, but uh, rock maybe Rock and Hotel. I, would be great. I saw them. That'd at be rock wild. Hotel. Yeah, yeah, but I'd have a. I have an issue with the. I mean, the sound can the be sound, kind of bad. Sound at Rock and Hotel. There's too many it's people improved. on stage. Has it really? Because yeah. yeah. it used to be. When, I, I played there a bunch with. Justin I left back a show in the show and it was just yeah, like. Yeah, they've gone. They've upped their sound a little bit. And and yeah, I mean, but I mean, if these guys are going to headline a tour, they I would probably get booked to DC Nine. They probably, mm, uh, yeah. if they're going to play a legit venue, yeah. Which uh, they probably they're good enough where they could absolutely play. I think they're 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 beyond the house show like scene, like bar scene. Yeah. Um. So they they probably play like DC nine Starbucks. Um. <laughs> M Street McDonald's or Ted's <laughs> fucking foggy Bob. Ted, Ted's house. Um, but <laughs> Morgan the Pentagon. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think if these guys play DC nine, they would sell like thirteen tickets. Yeah. Um, we, we the four of us would probably yeah. be there, yeah. like being like "fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah," like having a great time. But it, they, and then it, anybody else who wanted to walk away, being like, "I've been changed." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and but the, yeah, and it, they sh- it should sell out. And I would think a, like a sold out small venue would be like mm. a, like un- would be great for these guys. Let's 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 hear another song. Um, or shit, what's that? What's that other place on? Velvet Lounge. What upstairs at Velvet, Velvet Lounge? No, I know they, fuck Velvet they, Lounge. But but uh, I bet that they'd kill and they they would they destroy would. that but, place. Let's hear another song. What, what song you guys want to hear? What do you uh, think? Can I make a vote? Just because yeah. Adam mentioned the Meat Puppets, mm-hmm. uh, Butthole Surfers, and you also mentioned Dave Grohl. The song that I made notes about Meat Puppets, and I actually wrote down the word Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, right. is you're gonna cut me loose. All right, just because I think the intro sounds yeah. like a Nirvana song. So so yeah yeah this is uh, you're gonna cut me loose. Right, so you, uh, you're gonna cut me loose. Um, I mean, we, we were tossing around like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. We were tossing around like lots of names. We said Iggy Pop, or this guy could be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, what it, it boils down to is that they are sort of like in touch with the the, the font of rock. Right. <laughs> like you know, the sword no, they, and the stone. They've got their hands on they, it. They man. got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're 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 definitely not into you know um, swing. <laughs> no, they're, no they're, they're they're just like bam, 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 like you know, yeah, uh, pretty much straight ahead rock. And I don't know, man. It's it feels like it's been a long time since I've heard somebody 
somebody do that. That's that's what I thought you know? when I heard permanent basement. So uh, like, you know, God God bless them. I'm 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 down. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a believer here. It's it's we were talking upstairs about a look that uh, Ben has in his eyes, and we won't talk about that look. Mm. Um, but the look he does also have in his eyes is that he knows what's going on. He knows like you were saying the vocals, uh, Patrick, weren't a standout, but uh, it's this guy is it's clear he's a songwriter. And and he writes these songs and like not just you know there is a lot of collaboration but at the end of the day it's it's a vision mm-hmm. uh, that he knows where it's going and you can look this guy in the eye and be like yep <laughs> I well, understand now why that ended up that way well, that I get but I guess let me make it clear I, I don't think that the vocals aren't good I think they're good. oh yeah, yeah yeah I think they're the least distinctive part of the sound right. in that when like if you're gonna go to Nirvana which is totally unfair like. That is a very distinct voice and sound and cadence. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, he almost, at one point I was listening to a song and there's like, there's what he normally sounds like, but he sounds really different on um, Blood Moon and he sounds different on I'm Inoculated. Like, I think he's trying different things on. I don't think it's, I'm just saying it's not distinct. And that's part of what you're going to like, the sort of point of view. Are are these guys trying to make a statement? Not really. I think they're just making good music. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's—I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. There's not a strong point of view, I don't think. There's this kind of current culture where vocals are taking a backseat in a lot of ways. I think, um, at yeah. least, and especially in this kind of music, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to be a good singer to sing these kind of rock songs. Yeah, that's always been the case, yeah. man. Yeah. That's always been the case. I mean, I, you know, I can think of a, a million bands that I love where the singers just like. I wouldn't want I, I wouldn't want that motherfucker singing happy birthday to me. <laughs> I'd be all depressed. You know, but but that's not the point, you know. Yeah. Um and and honestly, let's let's think about when we think of like a really good singer, nine times out of ten, that means like hokey music and pointless vocal acrobatics. Yeah, sure. And ego. Know, yeah, and ego. And and, ego. and like I you know, I, I can't imagine that a guy who sings like that is going to throw a tantrum because there weren't enough white roses in his fucking dress <laughs> and, and shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Never know. Yeah. But, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer of, of hundred visions. I'm all about them. They should come fucking play a DC show. Yeah, they absolutely should. They should play my house. But are they having my house? So you're going to listen so to So you're this telling thing. me, no, <laughs> they play my house. You were telling me they're having they're having kind of like difficulties kind of getting it together. I it's I don't Not think, getting it together, I don't but they're having I think it's getting it together. I, I I think it's historically if you look at like what and look, I I am biased and uh um and uh, and I do uh, I've interacted with the band. I mean, they've been where you're sitting now. Mm-hmm. Like I I know these guys um not well, but uh Permanent Basement is one of the best albums like I've heard since we started the site. Mm-hmm. Like, and in this whole like indie rock world of people doing shit, it's like people try. That's their mission. I mean, look, you know, Ty Siegel. Like, that's part of why I hate Ty Siegel is because these kids are doing it better. You know, and it's not the same, but it is like. Um, but it does feel like they're they're probably going to get lumped into that same category. But they get they get again. Lumped, they I get, feel unfairly. They get lumped you know? in and 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 sort of like rolled over. And so while we usually don't talk, be like you know we're just going to advocate for bands that we really like. Like I will advocate for this band because I think everybody should fucking hear this. Mm-hmm. I think if you like this type of rock and and don't want to settle for like just what uh, Pitchfork you know when all these things are, are shoving down your throat like. Find hundred visions, find all the shit they do and follow them, like see what they're going to do. Because I, out of all the bands that we have covered, I think this is one of the few that is going to end up being a truly great band. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't like blow up half of Texas, I mean, blow up, <laughs> blow up, no, blow up a half of Texas or just kind of wither away from lack of fucking right. money, lack of money and lack right. of interest outside of like, right. you know, mm-hmm. us or, and if folks they, in and if they or, do, that'll be, that'll be there. That'll be, be a horrific shame, but, yeah. but you will have these albums. But right. if only, I mean, if only all it took was to make good albums, you know, that's how I, feel I, like, I know. That's, how that, I feel that's, that's like if you make a good album, like I wish that would translate into success. And that, into success. That's but why this more more than anything else like fucks with my head because I mean, you can't hear this stuff and and I mean I'm I'm we've been talking age a little like I'm 42, I can't hear this and and feel like 14 hearing like rock and roll for like the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean like this is what this shit should be like. Right. And so few bands tap into that that uh, they, they I, I'm just. 
consistently amazed they aren't like bigger than they are. It almost feels like they couldn't be from anywhere else but Austin. Possibly. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. think th- these guys couldn't be from like fucking Anaheim or or you know Beltsville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or like, the only other town I could think of is maybe Chicago. Yeah, yeah, maybe Chicago. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it would be a real shame if if something. If these guys didn't get some credit or some write-ups or someone someone to book them, you know, yeah, uh, just like just if a club owner could just say, "Look, man, we'll, we'll pay you three hundred bucks, come here and play," they'd probably do it, you know, oh, if yeah. provided if it was like three hundred bucks a night, three hundred bucks a night, three hundred bucks a night. Um, it it just really feels unbelievable that that these guys aren't getting more press because i'd never heard of them until you told me we were yeah, neither of us. yeah. yeah. and they're like yeah. i would say they align pretty well with my taste exactly yeah. and we're I like people this... who avidly like go out and try to find, find right stuff. stuff. Yeah. Exactly, exactly you yeah, know and... quinn, quinn one thing though why why did you think that like you were surprised that i like this i thought i mean upon first listen i thought you were because we had just come off that rather intense ty siegel conversation <laughs> um i was i was surprised that uh, I mean, the, not that I mean they are a lot different. Ty Siegel and um, Ty Siegel is very much one dude, and very much this is very much a band. Very much, um, and I think that's an interesting distinction. But I, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I know, I was surprised that you could get into the fuzzy guitars and all that. But you know, I think, I think I can now see why you like it, and I like it too. Yeah. Um, and I hope the hell to see him at a fucking sweaty, drunken rock club in the next few months. <laughs> but I doubt it will. I doubt they're going to go around. We'll, we'll try and make that happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what we can do. We can, <laughs> we can figure something out. Yeah, we can figure something out. Promise, I can't bar- promise him barbecue because they live in <laughs> Austin. Uh, so but, talk them up, I guess. Let's yeah, get the word talk, out. let's talk them up, which is what we're doing. Uh, but let, let's uh, let's let's go around and like rate the album here. Adam, what do you say? I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I'm going to buy it, and I'm probably going to play it a lot. And uh, I will probably recommend it to... Uh, Lots of people, whether I think they'll like it or not, <laughs> you know, Patrick like vitamins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I will probably buy it. And actually, I'm really interested. In that if if someone gets a vinyl copy of this, I'd be really interested to hear it because Do they I, exist. If it exists, because because not yet. Because I ran no, it. Wait, no, wait, they do. Yeah, I ran it through my big speakers off my phone through Spotify uh-huh. this morning because I had mostly been doing headphone listening, and I thought, well, this is maybe I should try it on the speakers to see if that changes anything and it did a little but especially the like the songs that i really liked i kept thinking wow this i'm just basically getting a streamed version of this i really would like to hear a nice clean needle to the groove copy of this thing we we were gonna hear last cat from tunis but i have the vinyl from permanent basement there you go so we'll we'll do that after this is off quinn so this is a record that i would stream a few times and i would buy that makes no sense, sir. What are you You're doing? You're breaking right the space-time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like physics aside, um, I I came to this record thinking, listened to it a few times, thinking, this is a fine, you know, it's fine. I This is just another one, like, kind mm-hmm. of garage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys said it's unfair to put in the garage, but another, like... I mean, it's okay to say stream it, but... No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to buy it on vinyl, but I like it took me a few listens, but I would buy it. I would def- I would right. buy it. Um, I wasn't like because especially because I this is a lot similar to the music I listened to. Yeah, I wasn't like immediately it didn't immediately jump out at me, especially because their influences are right right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was actually almost refreshing in a way. Thanks. So I would buy it. Um, I would I would uh, I don't know if I would buy it on vinyl, but I would uh, I would take a free vinyl copy. <laughs> right. W tuition is very very yeah. expensive. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, 100 nice Visions, if you send vinyl to GW Radio, Quinn is the music director and he will play your shit. How about <laughs> your that? shit? Play the full album. How about yeah. that? All right. So uh, it's about our podcast for this week. Uh, Patrick, thanks again for coming down. Yeah, thanks uh, for coming out, man. You guys Stay are really ever- brave, and thanks for letting me join yeah. in. I, I thought time. about it on the way over. I was like, what if this guy tries to kill us? Yeah. Right. But well, there's still time. Yeah. Yeah, there is. It's like, man, what if we end up in Patrick's Gimp Dungeon or something? <laughs> It sounds like a good album. <laughs> Patrick's Gimp Dungeon. That's a podcast for you. It is. Live from Patrick's Gimp Dungeon. Live from Patrick's Gimp Dungeon. Uh, at any rate, uh, coming up in the... the so the next podcast, uh, this is sort of confirmed. 
Uh, Adam, I hope you come down for this. Quinn, if you can. Uh, either way, there'll be a, a thing going on here next Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, Pink Floyd is coming out with their last album. Okay. So we are going to do the I'd, Floyd I'd cast. love to do that. There are other important things ascribed to this uh, podcast, but uh, I'll talk about those then. Uh, but that that's happening. That'll be... Unless we push out an interview this week, that'll be probably the next one you hear. Uh, Louis Weeks one last week. I recommend you all listen to that. I recommend you all buy the album. Astrovia one that we did. Mm-hmm. Fucking and that, that's going to be the first one I think where we recorded a song. Right, it was right. Fantastic. We did it. We did a live. It was song a fantastic evening. Um, so some good stuff coming up. And uh, I'm not sure anymore if we're going to hit 100 by the end of the year, which sucks. I think we could do it. I, we're getting close. It's hard. Where are we at? We're at 88. This is, this is going to be 88. Okay. Oh. <laughs> we, got a month, we got two months. It's hard. But... Getting 12 guys in here. We have some stuff lined up. We're trying to get James Main in here to talk yeah. to talk the realities of running a, a popular open mic. Yeah. The the good part and the, the obviously pain in the ass part of yep. running an open mic. Um, and whether or not it's like... It's feasible to expect to build a career out of an open mic. We know, like, Andy Ziff has done well for himself out of Absolutely. the IOTA open mic, but is he the exception, or is that the way it goes? You know, um, you know that, that'd be an interesting thing to talk about. We're trying to We get are James going in. to talk yes, about that. As soon as we get James's ass in here. So, uh, so, yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. So, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you guys for coming down. Mm-hmm. Again, Patrick, thank you for braving the basement. And then, so thank we'll you. talk to you uh, next week. All right. All right. Cheers. I still hear guitars in there.